Welcome to the Relevant Truth Podcast. My name is Roger Mason. This podcast is dedicated to examining biblical truth. The Bible is overflowing with relevant truth, useful in our everyday lives. Thus the title, Relevant Truth. The Bible was relevant to those that first heard it through the apostles and prophets. It is also timeless truth, which means it is relevant for us today in the 21st century. It is my hope that through this podcast, you will be both encouraged and challenged as we look at the Bible together. How do we view children? Are they an inconvenience or an unwelcome intrusion in our lives? Or are they a joy and a gift to us from God? In today's podcast, we will be looking at what the Bible has to say about children. In particular, we will be looking at one mother, Hannah, the mother of Samuel, from 1 Samuel chapter 1. So let's start reading at 1 Samuel chapter 1, verse 19, reading from the New Living Translation. An entire family got up early the next morning and went to worship the Lord once more. Then they returned home to Ramah. When Elkanah slept with Hannah, the Lord remembered her request, and in due time she gave birth to a son. She named him Samuel, for she said, I asked the Lord for him. The next year, Elkanah, Penina, and their children went on an annual trip to offer a sacrifice to the Lord. But Hannah did not go. She told her husband, wait until the baby is weaned. Then we will take him to the tabernacle and leave him there with the Lord permanently. Whatever you think is best, Elkanah agreed. Stay here now and may the Lord help you keep your promise. So she stayed home and nursed the baby. When the child was weaned, Hannah took him to the tabernacle in Shiloh. They brought along a three-year-old bull for sacrifice, half a bushel of flour, and some wine. After sacrificing the bull, they took the child to Eli. Sir, do you remember me? Hannah asked. I am the woman who stood here several years ago praying to the Lord. I asked the Lord to give me this child, and he has given me my request. I am now giving him to the Lord, and he will belong to the Lord his whole life and they worshiped the Lord there. The name Hannah means grace, and she needed God's grace to handle the difficulties that she faced. She was barren. Unfortunately, their home was divided. Panina, Elkanah's second wife, provoked Hannah because of her childlessness. 1 Samuel 1 and verse 6 and her rival also provoked her severely to make her miserable because the Lord had closed her womb. In verse 6 in the New Living Translation, it says, But Panina made fun of Hannah because the Lord had closed her womb. It is often out of sorrow and disappointment that God builds great faith and sends his special blessing. When we consider the conflict that she experienced in the home and also the way that Eli treated her in the tabernacle at Shiloh, it's remarkable that Hannah had any faith at all. Hannah's despair drove her closer to the Lord. In her misery, she trusted in the Lord's grace as she earnestly prayed for a son. 
And it happened as she continued praying before the Lord that Eli watched her mouth. Now Hannah spoke in her heart, only her lips moved, but her voice was not heard. Therefore Eli thought that she was drunk. So Eli said to her, How long will you be drunk? Put your wine away from you. That's 1 Samuel 1 verses 12 to 14. Overindulgence must have been common at this time, since Eli was so quick to jump to the conclusion that Hannah was drunk. Hannah did not become bitter with the ill treatment she had received and with the barrenness she experienced, nor did she create problems in the home because of the problems that she faced. Instead, she asked God for a son, and God answered her prayer. The Bible tells us that the Lord remembered her, So it came to pass in the process of time that Hannah conceived and bore a son and called his name Samuel, saying, Because I have asked of him from the Lord. That's 1 Samuel 1 verses 19 and 20. The Bible says the Lord remembered her in verse 19. This indicated that God intervened on Hannah's behalf to answer her prayer. She named her son Samuel, which means heard by God. Her prayer was heard by God. Hannah's vow to give her child to the Lord was not a bargain with the Lord, but an expression of devotion. She would literally give her firstborn to God. Now I am giving him to the Lord, and he will belong to the Lord his whole life. That's 1 Samuel 1 verse 28. Never underestimate the power of prayer or the value of a godly home. The mother's prayer and obedience changed the destiny of an entire nation. So let's examine how Hannah viewed her child. First, Hannah saw her child as a gift from God. Verse 20, And in due time she gave birth to a son, and she named him Samuel. For she said, I asked the Lord for him. That's 1 Samuel 1, verse 20 in the New Living Translation. In Old Testament times, it was considered a blessing from God to have children. If a woman had a child, she was considered blessed of God. There were several women in the Bible that did not have children while they were young, but in their old age. Sarah, the mother of Isaac, and Elizabeth, the mother of John the Baptist, are two examples. Both of these women were barren, yet through a miracle of God, they gave birth to a child in their later life. We do not know how old Hannah was when she gave birth to Samuel, but the Bible tells us that she was barren for a period of time during her early married life with Elkanah. Hannah made a vow at Shiloh to give her firstborn son to God, if God would give her a child. The Bible tells us that at the tabernacle at Shiloh, she made this vow, O Lord Almighty, if you will look down upon my sorrow and answer my prayer and give me a son, then I will give him back to you, and he will be yours for his entire lifetime. That's 1 Samuel 1 in verse 11. Then Hannah gave birth to a child. She named her son Samuel, which means heard by God, because God had heard Hannah's prayer and answered her request. 
Hannah did not just give birth to a child. She knew that God was responsible for the birth of her child. Her child had been given to her by God. The scriptures tell us that all children are a gift from God. Behold, children are a heritage from the Lord. The fruit of the womb is a reward. Like arrows in the hand of a warrior, so are children of one's youth. That's Psalm 127, verses 3 and 4. In ancient thought, children were considered to be a reward or a blessing from God. Those who had children considered themselves blessed of God. Like arrows, having many children were regarded as a symbol of strength. Rearing a child was considered a sacred responsibility, and the parents were to depend on God to help them raise their children. We live in a day when children are often considered an inconvenience or an unwelcome intrusion into our neatly ordered lives. This has become a predominant attitude in our culture. The statistics reflect this attitude. It is estimated 44 million abortions are performed globally each year. About 100,000 of these occur in Canada alone. In Canada, for every four live births that occur, there is one abortion. Approximately 300 abortions occur each day in Canada. The number of abortions worldwide since 1980 has been about 40 million per year for the last 30 years. This is the more conservative estimate. Let's look at some general statistics on child abuse. Every hour, 77 cases of child abuse are made. Every year, there are 679,000 child victims of abuse and neglect. More than four children die every day as a result of child abuse. An estimated 1,520 children die of abuse and neglect in the U.S. per year. Three quarters, that's 73.9% of all child fatalities were younger than three years old. Almost 70% of children that are victims of child abuse are under the age of four. More than 90% of juvenile sexual abuse victims know their perpetrators. Unfortunately, these statistics support the ugly view that many have towards children in our society. The church has come under the influence of this unhealthy attitude towards children. The Bible teaches us that children are a blessing from God. It is too easy to side with the world's way of thinking and dismiss our biblical responsibility as parents. Some parents may make the excuse, it's the school system which makes my children behave this way. It's the church's fault. They are not teaching my children the way that they should. It's the negative influence of the neighbor's children. We can find all kinds of excuses and blame others for what we should be doing in raising our children in the ways of the Lord. These are all excuses that parents make. 
Yes, there are all kinds of negative influences on our children, but the ultimate responsibility to raise our kids in the ways of the Lord fall on us as their parents. We must get back to biblical thinking regarding our children. Hannah looked upon her child as a gift from God. Hannah named her child Samuel, meaning heard of God. Her son's name commemorated God's answer to her prayer. You can't look at your child as a gift from God and treat them as an inconvenience or as a barrier to your personal goals. The basic Christian belief about children is that they are a gift from God. Children are not a penalty, they are a privilege. Hannah viewed her child as a gift from God. Secondly, Hannah saw her child as an offering to be given back to God, verses 22 to 28. But Hannah did not go, that is, to the tabernacle at Shiloh. She told her husband, wait until the baby is weaned. Then I will take him to the tabernacle and leave him there with the Lord permanently. Whatever you think is best, Elkanah agreed. Stay here for now, and may the Lord help you keep your promise. So she stayed home and nursed the baby. When the child was weaned, Hannah took him to the tabernacle at Shiloh. They brought along a three-year-old bull for sacrifice and half a bushel of flour and some wine. After sacrificing the bull, they took the child to Eli. Sir, do you remember me? Hannah asked. I am the woman who stood here several years ago, praying to the Lord and asked the Lord to give me this child, and he has given me my request. Now I am giving him to the Lord, and he will belong to the Lord his whole life. And they worshiped the Lord there. That's 1 Samuel 1, verses 22 to 28 in the New Living Translation. How easy it would be for Hannah to rationalize. She could have said to herself, I made this rash vow under severe emotional distress. Surely God doesn't expect me to literally give my firstborn son to the priests at Shiloh. Surely God doesn't expect me to live separately from my own son. Surely God doesn't expect me to hand him over to the priests at Shiloh to be raised by them. This brings us to the opposite extreme of one's attitude towards their children. We sometimes have the tendency to hang on to our children too tightly. The term used today is helicopter parents. The term was first used by teenagers who said that their parents would hover over them like a helicopter. Helicopter parenting refers to a style of parenting where parents take too much responsibility for their children. They become involved in their children's lives in a way that is over-controlling and over-protective. Hannah had to let go of her son and give him to God. If she would have hung on to him too tightly, she would have been disobedient to God. 1 Samuel 1 and verse 22. But Hannah did not go up, for she said to her husband, Not until the child is weaned, then I will take him, that he may appear before the Lord and remain there forever. Hannah decided that she would not visit the tabernacle at Shiloh until after Samuel was weaned. 
Hebrew children were normally weaned when they were two or three years old. Then I will take him, that he may appear before the Lord and remain there forever. That's 1 Samuel 1 and verse 22. Look at Elkanah's response. So Elkanah, her husband, said to her, Do what seems best to you. That's 1 Samuel 1 verse 23. According to the law, Elkanah might have declared Hannah's vow a rash promise and prohibited her from fulfilling it. That's found in Numbers 30 verses 10 to 15. The fact that he did not do so shows his love and esteem for Hannah. Elkanah and Hannah were literally going to give up their firstborn child to the priests at Shiloh once Samuel was old enough to be on his own. When the child was weaned, Hannah took him to the tabernacle in Shiloh. They brought along a three-year-old bull for the sacrifice and half a bushel of flour and some wine. That's 1 Samuel 1 and verse 24. God's law required that a burnt offering be given at the completion of a special vow. That's Numbers 15 verses 3 and 8. Hannah was faithful to her vow in bringing Samuel to the house of the Lord. After sacrificing the bull, they took the child to Eli. That's 1 Samuel 1 and verse 25. Hannah was under no delusions, and she had no intention of anything but faithfully fulfilling her vow and promise to God. She considered herself a servant of the Lord, whom God had chosen to bring this special child into the world, and he was destined to live and remain in God's service. Hannah explains to Eli, For this child I prayed, and the Lord has granted me my petition, which I asked of him. Therefore I also have lent him to the Lord as long as he lives, and he shall be lent to the Lord. So they worship the Lord there. That's 1 Samuel 1, verses 27 and 28. The New American Bible translates verse 28 this way. Now I, in turn, give him to the Lord. As long as he lives, he shall be dedicated to the Lord. She left him there. The Hebrew word used here, lent him to the Lord, means to give him over to God. The idea of lending may give us the misleading idea that the Lord is just borrowing Samuel, and Hannah may take him back eventually. But the idea conveyed here is the complete and irrevocable giving up of the child to the Lord. The New American Bible captures the idea with these words, As long as he lives, he shall be dedicated to the Lord. That's verse 28. The NIV says it this way, For his whole life he will be given over to the Lord. I am not suggesting that you bring your firstborn to the church doorstep and leave your child there. But I do suggest that we give our children over to God and that we entrust and dedicate our children to God. In the New Testament, parents brought their children to Jesus that he might bless them. We are to dedicate our children to God and commit ourselves as parents to raising them according to the directions given in Scripture. 
if our children see their parents with a stagnant relationship with God, this will not lead them towards a vibrant and vital relationship with God. The believing parents must have a growing and deepening relationship with God themselves. The parents should model the Christian life for their children. We expect the church to evangelize and teach our children the scriptures, but this falls on the parents as part of their duty and responsibility. The church can help discipline the child, but ultimately the responsibility falls on the parents. This is all part of entrusting and dedicating our children to God. Samuel was raised in a family environment where worship, service to God, prayer, and commitment were demonstrated by the parents. This is what Samuel witnessed as a young child in the home of Hannah and Elkanah. Do your children see these things demonstrated in your home? Spiritual disciplines such as prayer or Bible study are more likely to be practiced by our children if they see them practiced by the parents. Spiritual disciplines are better caught than taught. Hannah presented Samuel, her firstborn child, to the Lord with a gratitude that God had answered her prayer. Whatever we give to God, it is what we have first received from Him. Our gifts to Him were first His gifts to us. Hannah viewed her child as a gift from God. Hannah viewed her child as an offering to be given back to God. What she had received from God, she was giving back to God as an offering. Thirdly, Hannah saw her child as a focus of prayer. Verse 27, I asked the Lord to give me this child, and he has given me my request. Verse 27 in the New King James Version says this, For this child I prayed, and the Lord has granted me my petition, which I asked of him. This scripture tells us that Hannah prayed for a child, and that Samuel was the answer to her prayer. Hannah was a woman of prayer. What little we know about Hannah is spoken in the context of prayer. Whenever the scriptures talk about Hannah, it's in the context of prayer. In 1 Samuel 1, Hannah petitioned the Lord for a child. In 1 Samuel 2, Hannah offers praise to the Lord for answered prayer. Hannah, having prayed for a child, must have prayed for her child after his birth. Even though the scriptures don't specifically tell us that Hannah prayed for her son, we know that Hannah was a praying woman and that she prayed for Samuel. I believe that this is part of the reason for Samuel's success as a prophet and a judge of Israel. All Israel acknowledged that Samuel was a godly man in 1 Samuel chapter 12. I am old and gray-headed, and look, my sons are with you. I have walked before you from my childhood to this day. That's 1 Samuel 12 and verse 2. What a testimony Samuel had. He walked with God from his childhood, and all Israel knew it and acknowledged it. I can't help but believe that this was the result of a praying mother. How committed are you to praying for your children? 
Something which has always impressed me about James and Shirley Dobson is that they set aside a day a week to fast and pray for their children. Do you pray for your children? How often do you pray for your children? When you think about them every once in a while? Once a day? Once a week? Or once a month? Whenever your child is in crisis, how often do you pray for your children? Do you pray general prayers for your children? Or do you pray specific prayers for your children? Do you pray with them as well as pray for them? What kind of commitment to prayer do you have for your own children? The Bible tells us that Jesus had a special love for children. If we love our children as Christian parents, we will pray for them. Even though Hannah only saw her son on a yearly basis when the family visited the tabernacle at Shiloh, I believe that Hannah continued to pray for Samuel. Hannah's annual gift to her son may have been a visual reminder to Samuel that he had been set apart to lifetime service to the Lord, but he was not forgotten by his family. Moreover, her mother used to make him a little robe and bring it to him year by year when she came up with her husband to offer the yearly sacrifice. That's 1 Samuel 1.19. In 1 Samuel 2, verses 2 to 17, we have a description of the wicked sons of Eli. In contrast to their wickedness was the devotedness of the child Samuel, described in 1 Samuel 2, verses 18 to 21. God kept Samuel pure in the midst of the wicked sons of Eli because he had parents who loved him and prayed for him, even though they only saw him once a year. Hannah had faithfully dedicated Samuel to the Lord, but the Bible goes on to tell us that she was blessed with three more sons and two daughters. And the Lord gave Hannah three sons and two daughters. That's 1 Samuel 2, verse 21. This is a good illustration of the Lord's promise. Give, and it will be given to you. This verse goes on to say, Meanwhile, the child Samuel grew before the Lord. That's 1 Samuel 2, verse 21. Hannah viewed her child as a gift from God. Hannah viewed her child as an offering to be given to God. And Hannah viewed her child as a focus of prayer. Hannah prayed for Samuel. This is how Hannah viewed her firstborn son. How does the Bible view children? First, the Bible tells us that children are to be viewed as a gift from God. This is what we've been taught by the example of Hannah. Genesis 48 verses 8 and 9. Then Israel saw Joseph's sons and said, Who are these? And Joseph said to his father, They are my sons whom God has given me in this place. And he said, Please bring them to me and I will bless them. So both Joseph and Israel saw their children and grandchildren as a gift from God. Secondly, children are to be viewed as a heritage and a reward. Psalm 127 verse 3, Behold, children are a heritage from the Lord. The fruit of the womb is a reward. Thirdly, children are viewed as weapons. Psalm 127 verses 4 and 5. 
Like arrows in the hands of a warrior, so are the children of one's youth. Happy is the man who has his quiver full of them. They shall not be ashamed, but shall speak with their enemies in the gate. So weapons protect and defend. So do children, especially in our old age. Fourthly, children are viewed as a source of joy. Psalm 113, verse 9. Like a joyful mother of children, praise the Lord. And then fifthly, children are viewed as a crown to their parents. Proverbs 17 and verse 6. Children's children are the crown of old men, and the glory of children is their father. It is clear that the Bible holds a high view of children, and as a result, children are to be treated with respect, love, and care. How do you view your children? Join us in two weeks for our next episode of Relevant Truth. Never miss an episode of the podcast by subscribing on iTunes. If you like this podcast, why not rate and review the podcast on iTunes? There is a website you can visit, relevanttruthpodcast.com, where you can find an archive of all of these messages and also book recommendations. You can contact me at rockrevmason79 at gmail.com. That is R-O-C-K, rock, R-E-V, rev, M-A-S-O-N, mason, 79 at gmail.com. Or at the Facebook page, Relevant Truth Podcast. The music used in this podcast was produced by my son, Brent Mason. Thanks for listening.